Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Chat Channel on Blog Talk Radio. I'm very excited and honored to have as my guest this evening brilliant music icon Anne Phillips, who was just recently referred to as a glorious artist and substantive musician. I'm your host, Jan Jaffe. Welcome to Your Best Life. For those of you who may not know me, I'll just take a moment to introduce myself. I'm a graduate of Northwestern University, from which I hold both my bachelor's and master's degrees. I'm also an IPEX certified professional coach, energy leadership index master practitioner, and a core dynamic specialist. I had a successful international career as a concert and opera singer and voice and master class teacher, which was cut short by traumatic brain injuries. These TBIs, as they're called, altered my life. I lost language for six weeks and was thrilled after four months when I was finally able to walk with the aid of a walker. My recovery took many, many years and was extremely difficult, but as a result, I've come to discover many things about myself and about life, namely what it is to lose oneself, definition, career, and purpose in life and feel totally lost that there is great strength in vulnerability, that there can be great opportunity in challenge, strengths I had never known I had, the true meaning of resiliency, and that I'm very good at picking myself up, dusting myself off, and hurling myself forward. I don't mean to make it sound as though it was an easy or straightforward process. It most certainly was not. With Forward to Success, I'm dedicated to helping professional women and opera singers achieve optimal success, realization of their potential, and passion, purpose, life balance, confidence, and well-being in every aspect of their lives. You can contact me at info at forwardtosuccess.com. Ann Phillips is a singer, composer, arranger, conductor, and producer. She's had a career that has covered almost every area of the music business and has worked with some of the music business's greats, such as Carole King, Neil Diamond, and Burt Bacharach, contracting and singing on hundreds of recording sessions, composing, arranging, and producing the music for commercials such as Pepsi and Sheraton Hotels. As a solo singer, her classic album, Born to be Blue, and Ballet Time, include various old friends, such as Dave Brubeck and Marion McPartland. Her jazz opera, Bending Towards the Light, a Jazz Nativity, has been called a new New York tradition by New York Magazine. It has been performed at venues all over the U.S., including the famed Blue Note Jazz Club and B.B. King's Blues Club in New York City. She also composed 10-minute operas for opera shorts presented at New York City's Weill Hall. 
On December 1st, her concert of short operas entitled That Certain Age, About Aging with Grace and Humor, will be presented at Opera America. And on December 20th, Bending Towards the Light, a jazz nativity will be performed at Christ and St. Stephen's Church on West 69th Street here in New York City. I am very excited to have Ann Phillips as my guest on today's show. Welcome, Ann. Hello, Jan. It's wonderful to be here. Oh, thank you. It's just it's a joy to have you here, Anne, and an honor. Everybody, the number here is 347-857-2878. I would like to invite our listeners to call in. We welcome your calls, questions, comments, and contribution to the discussion. Again, the number here is 347-857-2878. And I am so delighted to have you on the show as my guest today. To begin, I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience a little bit about how you got started in music. Well, I just always was in music. I really didn't come from a family that was a showbiz family and had all kinds of music around me. And yet I know that um, when they did buy a little teeny-weeny piano, I remember playing Jingle Bells in harmony <laughs> when I was about three. <laughs> wow. And then I took the usual you know, piano lessons, but I could always play by ear as well. But I learned to read music and so forth, who just did that, even in public schools in those days. And um, by the time I got to be 15, 16, by a fluke, I became a part of a vocal group, a uh, jazz vocal group in um, in Reading, Pennsylvania. I lived in Wyomissing, which is outside of Reading, a little uh, suburban town, and um I fell into this group by accident, really. They heard me sing somewhere and said, hey, we need a second, uh, an alto in a five-way voice vocal group. And it was a real jazz vocal group. And all of a sudden, I heard real jazz. I had heard some Dixieland, and I thought there must be something more than that. And I did hear <laughs> Dizzy Gillespie and Sarah Vaughan and all of that stuff. And um, that was really the start of of that. I was singing locally here and there there wasn't much going on for me you know a little radio show breakfast at burks or something where i would sing <laughs> uh, but then i went to oberlin college and um got myself a, my own radio show on wobc and um got became the singer with the big band there and then they started a jazz club and uh, the man that started that, Jim Newman, was from San Francisco, and or he had gone to school out there and knew Dave Brubeck, and so he hired him, and we had the really the first uh, jazz concert, college jazz concert, and I sang on that. And uh, wow! So you know, when I came to New York a couple of years later, because I could play piano and sing, I could work. And I could work six hours a night in various clubs, and that's what I did. And then I auditioned for uh, Ray Charles of the Ray Charles Singers. That's as, as he called himself, the other Ray Charles. Although he was doing all of this, it was the vocal groups on many, many television shows, and one of them Perry Como. So I became one of the Ray Charles Singers on the Perry Como show, and uh, it just went on from there. The fortunate thing was that. In the, the 60s, the late 50s and 60s, there was work for singers, and uh, mm. there was recording dates and television shows and so forth. And so singers who could read music well and um, learn it fast could have careers. And I knew people that send their kids through college in a, being a freelance singer. So fortunately, mm. I came into the business really at a time that was great that doesn't exist anymore. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that I, doesn't exist anymore. That's so exciting. Oh, my goodness. You just went from one thing to the next, and you, you I mean, you worked early on with Dave Brubeck. Yeah. That's very yeah. exciting. I And Oberlin is one of the, the best, I mean, it's such an amazing school in yeah. every way, but it has such a great music department. I know I had in grad school my roommate, 
uh, had done her undergrad there, and she was a brilliant musician, and it's such a great school. What a great background. My goodness. What would you say was your favorite musical experience? Do you have one that you could could list as your favorite? Um, No. (laughs) I'll tell you. (laughs) I mean, I, I will say one thing. The idea of walking into a recording session... And mm-hmm. I became finally a contractor where I would contract the singers for sessions. But to walk in to a recording studio and have 15 to 25 of the world's greatest musicians there, the artists like Sammy Davis Jr. or Bobby Vinton mm. or Leslie uh, Gore or Mahalia Jackson, you you know, you'd walk in and everybody was there together. And I think the, one of the most wonderful things that I experienced and all of us at that time did was to be making that music all together. And there was just nothing like it. And when you'd hear somebody say, that's a take, you knew you had produced something absolutely wonderful. And mm. uh, and nobody gets that experience anymore. They all do the tracks ahead of time layer by layer, and uh, then the singers put their headphones on and sing to it. And I Mm. will just say there is no way you can get the kind of energy and joy that you can with everybody there and making great music together. That is so true. You know, I haven't thought, because I have personally not worked in the pop world um, my experiences with recording were like yours in different artists, of course, but you'd have the entire orchestra together mm-hmm. um, and you'd have all the artists and everybody there working together. I don't even know yeah. now. I would imagine it's still pretty much the same way unless you have to have an organ track from you know, some great uh, uh, chapel or church organ yeah. in Paris or, you know, somewhere in New York or whatever. So that would sometimes be done ahead of time because you couldn't bring that organ to, you know, wherever yeah. you were rec- recording. But otherwise, yeah, that experience, everybody working together cannot be matched. And it Absolutely was daily. Can. I mean, we would do, uh, you know, two or three sessions a day. And it was oh just wonderful. And these were people that ever, I will say that most of the singers had been trained classically and, of course, could sight read really fast. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, in fact, one of the things that I'm doing, we'll get to the jazz nativity, but um, this year, because mm. it's being co produced with an opera company, which really gives it the imprimatur of uh, a jazz opera, but I decided when I was 25, I wrote uh, arrangements of Christmas carols. I was on a recording session. Uh, doing a Christmas album, and I heard one interesting harmonic change. And I came home and wrote a whole choral choral arrangement of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And then I wrote another and another. And I um, sold the idea to a, a record company. And we recorded mm. that with 25 voices, a cappella, and they were all sight reading. And mm. these were not easy parts. I, that is now also on a CD, thanks to me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I'm doing three of those pieces uh, at the very opening of the Jazz Nativity because we you know, have several opera singers in it now, as, as I did at the beginning. That's the way I originally wrote it. But we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, we will get to but that. But I'm just saying that, oh. that the singers that were the studio singers were just a pool of the most wonderful musicians just as good as any of the orchestra players. Right. Well, I, you know, as you know, um, singers who are trained in conservatory um, undergo the same training as any of the instrumentalists. So, yes, yeah. when you have a trained singer, um, yeah. one who's who's been through conservatory, you're going to have singers who can sight read and sight read yeah. well. That's so right. um, that's so exciting. That's so exciting yeah. that you've done this work. My goodness, I yeah. love this. So um, you do so much, and you wear so many hats in the music world. Yes. You taught at NYU. You're a contractor. Yeah. You compose. You sing. You produce. You're so highly regarded and respected and revered by top artists in the music world. So I'm wondering, um, what do you find most rewarding about the type of work you do? 
Well, it's interesting. I never thought I would teach, and yet um, I got a call from NYU to teach voice in the in the jazz department. And um, I had studied with uh, a woman named Nancy Collier, who was wonderful. And uh, I wasn't ever planning to teach, but um, when I got this call, I said, oh, my Lord, what do I do? Oh, well, I'll teach them what Nancy taught me. And <laughs> I did. And that's been wonderful. And not only um private students and i've got some wonderful students i don't i don't hang a shingle out and i only have five or six students but they're marvelous but um the other thing that really came out of the jazz nativity was children's jazz choirs and mm. we saw the children loved the show so much how could we extend this year round and um so that's what i've been doing and one of the uh, this is really for inner-city kids, and one of them is for a reading program. And I will say this is one of the most wonderful things that has happened, is uh, that reading program. It's up. Uh, it's mostly kids from Port Chester, um, up uh, north of New York, and uh, one of the churches in Rye gives us space. But it's a reading program. And they've discovered kids from first to fifth grade. And I'm teaching them all the great songs like Blue Skies and um, Sunny Side of the Street and wonderful stuff. But the New York, the uh, Great American Songbook, they call it now, Irving Berlin, Gershwin, and all of that. And these kids love it. And what makes me feel wonderful is they'll never forget it. And they'll know these great songs all their lives. And it's particularly uh, important now because kids don't really know what melodies are. And you have to that's, teach them, you know, mm, pitch and melody. That's, that's so true. That's so incredibly yeah. true. And how wonderful that you're yeah. sharing this with them. They won't ever forget this music. Well, we find, do the final program. It's um, ten sessions, and they have a concert and the concert they back they are backed by the greatest jazz musicians in New York and they all give up other jobs to play that concert because they just love it so well i think thrilling. they love it and they probably love you too so yeah. um that <laughs> we're all friends i will say it's such a wonderful community of people and mm-hmm. uh, that's what's made the jazz nativity so marvelous it is, and just I have to say, I attended your a big birthday party of yours. Uh, was it mm-hmm. last year? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was February. And, uh, yes. Oh my goodness! And um, there were a lot. Of, it was like a giant uh, jam session. It was just <laughs> a fabulous, fabulous time. Really was, yeah. and everybody loves you. So, um, oh. so oh, well, that's true. And you know, and now I'd love to talk about that wonderful jazz opera of yours, Bending Towards the Light, a Jazz Nativity. You know, since 2009, I've been coming to hear performances every year the sh- year the show's been on and it's been performed. So, so please wonderful. share with us. I know it's just it is. It's so I it it's just it really is a tradition and I'd love for you to share with us the genesis of the show, how it came to be, what was the seed for it and you know, where did this dream begin? It actually started with a man named John Gensel who was the um uh, the jazz minister at the Lutheran Church, St. Peter's Lutheran Church, and he called me up and said, I have su- suggested you as the writer of this. We want to do a benefit here, and um, I think you could write it. It would be the Christmas story uh, in jazz. And I thought, why me? <laughs> what can I do with that? <laughs> and then I began to think about it, and the first thing I thought of was the whole place being dark and a tenor saxophone starting in the darkness just to play Silent Night. And Mm. that's how the show starts now. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then it builds and builds and builds. And uh, so what developed really from that, the first time we did it uh, at St. Peter's, after we had two shows there, and I knew I had something that should not stop right there. And so I mm-hmm. went over to St. Bartholomew's Church, and I knew the rector of the church there, and he said, sure, bring it over here. And so for seven years, we did it there. And at that point, I just 
I figure at this point in my career, if I don't know somebody, I can find somebody who knows them. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, uh, we had great people. Clark Terry, trumpet player, was the king at the very first one. And um, Connie Coles was the tap dancing king. And then I thought, who else would I want? I'd love Tito Puente and introduce mm-hmm. some Latin jazz into it. But I didn't know Tito Puente. And then I discovered that I thought, oh, I played tennis with the lawyer from Fania Records. And so I called him up and I said, I want to get in touch with Tito Puente. He said, oh, here's his number. <laughs> and I <laughs> talked to Tito and he said, oh, I, that's wonderful. I'm in. And so Tito did it every year. And one by one, all of these great people, uh, Lionel Hampton and then Dave Brubeck, when I was writing it, because I had met him at Oberlin. Mm-hmm. I'd seen him through the years, here and there, you know. And so I could call him up and say, there's one song of yours I'd like to use in this. And it was from his first, um, um, not as an oratorio, which was based on Mexican music, and a piece in 5-4, which he's famous for, called God's Love Made Visible. And I said, mm-hmm. can I use within this? Because it was either my original music Christmas carols that are well-known, and that one piece by him. He said, sure, I'd love you to use it. And so that's a part of the show. So it built like that. But the show that you see today is basically what I did the first time. And we've been in many mm-hmm. places from Avery Fisher Hall. Uh, when we couldn't do it at St. Bart's anymore, it was last minute, and no church was available. And my lawyer said, why don't you try a temple? I said, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew one rabbi, and I called him, and he said, perfect. He said, I love it. And the funny thing was that he said, this is payback time, because when I was in a, a young rabbi in Washington, D.C., I had no place for Friday night services, and the National Cathedral gave me space in one of their chapels. So I would love to have you. So we did oh, four wonderful. performances there. Mm. So it's 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 been quite a history. Oh, that's just so wonderful. Tell me, um, so what year did it start? Eighty-five. Oh my this goodness! Thirty years. <laughs> oh my goodness, that mm-hmm. is so exciting. So, and then you, so you you did. You said you did Avery Fisher Hall. When did you do that? Um, golly, I can't tell you the year. It was early nineties, okay. I believe. Yeah. Wow, and then and we did it at Orchestra Hall in Chicago, and their performances their performances around the country. This year, there's one in Wrightsville Beach, uh, North Carolina. There's been one in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, almost from the beginning because somebody saw it at uh, Avery Fisher and called me up and said, "Can we do it at our church?" and Yes, they could, and I shipped them the music, and they've been doing it every year, ever since. That's fantastic. But it has never been on television, which has been the hard part, because it almost was on PBS, but they turned it down, and I guess the thing is that for most of those big television things, you have to deliver it, which means you have to raise the money to shoot it. Uh (laughs) Ah. So even mm-hmm. with Dave Brubeck and Lionel Hampton and Tito Puente, they didn't buy it. So oh we're still looking for that television performance. Well, you never know. Maybe we'll find it. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> Candido, how long has Candido oh. been with the show? Let's tell everybody about, about 20 Candido. Years. About 20 years. And, uh, yeah, I had this idea because in the beginning, so there's always been a, a – classical singer, the the, um, biblical readings are done by a soprano and a jazz vocal group. And the soprano originally was a wonderful woman, Maritha Stewart, who was uh, um, one of the great studio singers, and she did concerts as well. And I really could write for her because we worked together so much and I knew her voice. And... um, but it's always been a soprano. She passed away about 10 years ago. But this year it's uh, Brenda Feliciano, who's a magnificent singer. And so all of the biblical readings, and she brought forth her firstborn son, 
are sung by an operatic soprano and then another part by a jazz vocal group. And uh, so it has always mixed opera and jazz. The jazz singers never sing opera, and the opera singers never sing jazz. But it is mm-hmm. a wonderful mixture of both fields. The, uh, the shepherds who sing a song called One Star that I wrote um, is a duet with the two shepherds. And my first shepherds were opera singers, Bob Mosley, who played Porgy and uh, Porgy and Bess and Thibet, and others of that times and then when we uh made the show the music the same but with a smaller cast the people from the jazz vocal group sang it and they didn't use the opera singers now i'm back to the opera singers that i originally wrote for and i've got two great ones for larry long and david gordon for the shepherds this year so it's wonderful it keeps growing (laughs) oh that's just absolutely wonderful and um I had let's see we I had mentioned Candido so um yeah, oh, yeah. Candido is how old is he now he plays conga yes and I think he loses about 30 years when he starts to play he's 94 <laughs> <laughs> he is unbelievable uh, unbelievable yeah. this man is brilliant brilliant yeah. artist and well, he's really up there in age but he is like you said he loses 30 years he's just yeah. suddenly a lot younger man it's well, um what a great artist. And was the last production you did in Spanish? Yes. Um, do you want to talk it about was, that? Because that was a lot of fun, uh, oh, seeing that. Wonderful. That was, was a wonderful production. Yeah. Tell and us about that. We, it's something we could do all over the world, and I really wanted to do it in Spanish. And uh, I so the entire cast was Hispanic and just absolutely extraordinary. And uh, Brenda Feliciana's husband is Piquito de Rivera. And Piquito, who is extraordinary, clarinetist, saxophonist, and composer, but he always comes, and he always comes up. At the end of the show, the first part, half of the show, is the story itself with the manger scene and Mary and so forth. And then uh, after... The, the three kings enter, instead of their gifts being gold and frankincense and myrrh, their gifts are the gift of their talent. And so they mm-hmm. each do two choruses of We Three Kings is what they enter on. And after the story is told, Deck the Halls, which is done by the vocal group, and then it goes into this half hour long, well, you could call it a jam, but it's a very well-constructed jam because each of the players plays a couple of courses. You have one trumpet player and then a second trumpet player and then perhaps from the audience a third trumpet player. Or in the saxophones, Piquito de Rivera comes up. And uh, <laughs> what you are really hearing, and somebody has called it the Peter and the Wolf of Jazz because you hear the different instruments and then you hear each person playing their interpretation of the song on their instrument, and then they all play together. So it's uh, huh. well, this year we have great scat singers, so we will have uh, a whole section of scat. It's really nothing like it has been done. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It really is. It just yeah. keeps getting better and better, and I'm so excited um to hear it again and actually be a little part of it myself this year um i just wanted to take a moment to uh to go to our sponsor here on the life coach radio networks we're proud to have as our sponsor audible.com audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audiobook with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com Slash Life Coach Radio. Now, here are some audible books on music. This is Your Brain on Music, The Science of a Human Obsession, written by Daniel J. Levitin. How Music Works, written by David Byrne. Musicophilia, 
Tales of Music and the Brain, written by the brilliant and beloved Dr. Oliver Sacks. Jazz, a history of America's music, written by Jeffrey C. Ward and Ken Burns, narrated by LeVar Burton. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now, back to our show. So I'm, you know, I'm just so excited that the show is being produced again this year in a little over a month. So um, is there anything else, first of all, that, you, that you'd like to share with us about this year's production? Well, let me see. Uh, the wonderful thing is that up until about two months ago, I didn't think it was going to happen again this year. It's been so difficult to have get sponsorship um, Corporations have never really taken to it, and um, so it has depended on people that that know and love the show and want to help sponsor it because it's impossible to just depend on ticket sales to cover the cost of any performance today. And um, so about uh, two and a half months ago, I had... uh, dinner with Lee Priori, who is the founder, co-founder um, of Chelsea Opera. And we were, she just said, what's going to happen with the Jazz Nativity this year? And I said, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know where to get, get any sponsorship for it. And she said, well, what if we did it at Christ and St. Stephen's Church? Now, it's not a huge church. It only holds about 275 to 300 people. But we went over there, and I looked at the performance space, and it was much bigger than we've had at any of the jazz clubs we've done at all, and certainly bigger than it was at the at the uh, synagogue. And um, then we looked at the dates, because she books that space, and we looked at the dates, and the 20th of December was open after the church service. And I said, that's perfect, because 5 o'clock in the afternoon used to be, when we were at St. Bart's particularly, our biggest time. And if we could do two shows at 5 and at 8, that would be wonderful. So it started there, but I had to raise enough money so that the opera company wouldn't be afraid they were going to lose money coming in on this (laughs) new venture. And... Incredibly, I sent out an email to people that I knew lo- knew and loved the show, and literally overnight I got enough money to be able to say it's going to be okay. And more people have contributed, and so we c- I felt we were safe. We could go ahead and, b- and start booking people. And then as it went on, the most wonderful things happened. Not only did I get the great kings that I've always had. So woman trumpet player, she's our queen, Ingrid Jensen. She's magnificent. Mm. We call her a, a queen instead of a king, <laughs> and she's been that before. And uh, tap dancers and uh, Wycliffe Gordon, who is the uh, uh, wonderful trombone player and also a scat singer. So I got the kings I wanted. And uh, then as the whole idea of the opera company being a co-producer, uh, I said, wait a minute, what if we had people from the opera, the classical station, WQXR, and the jazz station, WBGO, be our host? Now, our host in the beginning was Charles Corral, who wrote the most beautiful mm-hmm. piece about what jazz is and what the story is. It's um, absolutely beautiful. And um, so we got Terrence McKnight, who is the opera guy on WQXR, and Sheila Anderson, who's on WBGO and very well known. And then we said, wouldn't it be wonderful if the uh, opening song, which is always sung, the title song, Bending Towards the Light, is sung at the beginning of the show, if we got an opera singer to do that. Well, we did. We got Deborah Voigt. And so this is going to be an extraordinary performance this year because we've it's Everybody in it is right, and it's it's like this wonderful family coming together again. With wow, this is so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Really? And yeah. And oh. said, how did you get her? He said, we asked. And, you know, <laughs> and she said, I'd love to, and sent her this song, and, you know, there we are. 
and uh, so it's going. We uh, the the line is jazz and opera join hands, and we may ask the two hosts to walk out holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Fantastic! And there yeah. are going to be two performances, right? A five and an eight. Is it? Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Five yeah. o'clock and eight o'clock. So um, now I'd love you know. Please tell everybody how they can get tickets. The best way to get tickets is to go on the web to chelseaopera.org. And that not only gets you to the ticket uh, places, Ovation Ticks, and uh, so you can buy the tickets there, but it also gives you a chance to learn about the performers. They have done a whole page that's Meet the Performers and the History of the Jazz Nativity and the Presentation. So you, if you don't know anything about it, there's your place to learn about it. And so org will do it. Okay, so if anybody is interested in tickets, it's ChelseaOpera.org. And Chelsea is C-H-E-L-S-E-A opera, O-P-E-R-A, dot org. So please do go online and get tickets. There's a 5 o'clock and an 8 o'clock show on December 20th. Fantastic. And now you have another show coming up on December 1st at Opera America, That Certain Age. I just love the whole premise for this, so please tell us all about how that all came about. We'd love to hear that. Well, some years ago, I used a bass baritone for some demos of of another show that I've written, and he's connected me with an opera company, um, a woman named Monica Hart, who had Remarkable Theater Brigade, and uh, she loved my songs. I'm a jazz person, but I've written so much other stuff. And uh, she recorded several of my songs on her uh, uh, album, Classical Label, and... um, then she was doing a program called Opera Shorts, which is uh, was a, a whole evening of 10-minute operas, and it was done at Weill Hall at Carnegie. And that was mm-hmm. the first one I wrote. And uh, it was a libretto by my friend Marilyn um, Scott Murphy. And it's an interesting thing because it was about a woman who wanted to turn 50 in Italy, and on the airplane she sat beside this, dashing young Italian, and uh, it's called Time Out of Time, because what happened from there is certainly every uh, woman's fantasy, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right? And so that was the first one, and then uh, I met a man who's from Santa Fe, uh, my director, Beth Ann Kennedy, for the Jazz Nativity, now lives in Santa Fe, and her friend... Um, Robert Benjamin, who is a retired rocket scientist from Los Alamos, is writing plays now, and they asked me if I could turn one of his short plays into an opera. And I did, and that was called Plots. <laughs> Not P-L-O-T-Z, P-L-O-T-S. Oh, okay. and <laughs> And it was about an older man bringing his new bride to the gravesite of his deceased wife. And it's very funny. I and imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> I answered a submission thing from the uh, New York women composers and Aviva Players, this woman named Myra Spector who uh, has Aviva Players, got right back to me and said, I love this. And so it was on a program last uh, December with her at uh, Opera America. And uh, she liked it so much, and she and the director, Rena Alicia, said, what else can we do, and so forth. And I had this idea about doing a whole evening of operas that were about that certain age. And I got a grant from the uh, New York Women Composers Organization. And um, we've done this concert. It's on the 1st of December at Opera America. And all the short operas are about um, that certain age. (laughs) And... uh, some of them are beautiful. There's one that's uh, based on a Japanese no uh, poem. It's beautiful. Uh, plots is on it, actually, with an extra part of it called Making Plots, and it's wonderful. <laughs> actually, one of the singers uh, that I use in this is a woman named Nadia uh, Shadia El-Masri, who I met 
really on the web, somebody suggested her for the Spanish uh, the Spanish version of the Jazz Nativity, and she's a magnificent singer. And um, so I've used her on several things since. But she's doing plots and uh, Tempo Fuori del Tempo, which is the other one. And uh, she had a friend, a young man named Santiago Aponte, who is a beautiful tenor, and he plays the young Italian in that, in tempo. And uh, so we're going to have quite an evening, and there are operas by Mira, but all of them short operas and some very funny short Jewish jokes by Seymour Barab, who any opera people know. Seymour was a wonderful composer, and uh, this is from his uh, uh, whole evening that he did called American um, Jewish Humor from Oi to Vey. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's hilarious. He just set these little jokes to music, which he could do. He was wonderful. He'd passed away oh last gosh. year, and he was a dear friend. So oh it's going to be a wonderful evening and very, very different. And what's interesting is another one of my well, Temple was performed in Boston by the Boston Opera Collective just last weekend. There seems to be a real market for short operas. Wow. Well, you know, I guess that goes along with the shorter attention span. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) But that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be fun. And that's uh, actually when I planned that, I didn't have any idea that the jazz nativity was really going to happen. So I'm in a bit of an overwhelmed state right now, but it's all coming together. That's kind of lovely, I think, though. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that's December 1st. It sounds very, very exciting and lots and lots of fun. It absolutely does. So um, December 1st at Opera America, and that's 7th Avenue and I believe 29th Street. Is that 29th, 30th? Yeah. Right? And um, please let everybody, and so it's December 1st, what time? Uh, 730. 7.30. Oh, that's very reasonable. Yep. 7.30 on December 1st. Price is reasonable too. I think it's a twenty dollar ticket. So oh, that's very, fabulous, especially yeah. for New York. <laughs> and yes. So and how can people get tickets? Please let everybody know how to get tickets for that as well. Uh, that's on Smart Ticks. Okay. And Smart Ticks and uh, or more information to Mira M I R A Specter S P E C T O R. Okay. Oh, no, S-P-E-K-T-O-R. Excuse oh, okay. me. Okay, S-P-E-K-T-O-R. O-R, yes. And, all right, so, you know, actually, the information, I do have the information listed um, in the show, in the, the show list, uh, listings. So mm-hmm, if okay. you, um, any, any way that you have clicked on the link to hear this show, you look at the show listings and you will see, the information for the show, and there should be ticket information there as well. So, um, oh my goodness, this is just so exciting! <laughs> I am, I am very excited about all of this. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about what's going on and with um, Jazz Nativity and um, that certain age, or anything else you have coming up? Well, coming up from there, I go to Ketchikan, Alaska. Oh, my. Oh, my. That's on the inside passage. And about 20 years ago, a piano player friend of mine called me and said, I have a cabaret week in Ketchikan I can't do. Could you fill in for me? Well, what it has turned into is two weeks of jazz cab. And this is not at a university. It's townspeople. And it's just wonderful because there's so many people that are not sure whether they can sing or not and certainly not in front of a whole audience. And the community is so supportive, and the people that uh, run it do a lot of really wonderful theater up there because if you're in Alaska, you've got to entertain yourself for the winter. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they do bring in some things, but, you know, there are wonderful things going on up there all the time. Anyway, every January I go up for two weeks, and it has expanded to another piano player, singer, and um, a guitar player, and a bass player, and... um, we do, and I have a jazz choir, and I do things in the school with the kids. The same thing as like the jazz 
jazz, children's jazz choirs. And I work <laughs> around the clock for two weeks, but I'm very well taken care of, have a wonderful place to stay, and I come home to dinner. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's uh, very exciting every year. And so that's where I go from the jazz nativity. Uh, I will go out to my daughter who is in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and uh, mm. and be there until I go up to Ketchikan. And and when do you go to Ketchikan then? Um, I think it's the tenth of uh, January. Oh my goodness! So you're really up there in the winter too. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's on the Inside Passage, which is forty degrees and rainy. It's, oh. It's not Fairbanks. Fairbanks is where it's <laughs> minus. You know. Now, oh my is, goodness. Yeah, this is where the cruise ships go up in the summertime, and it's a beautiful place and very, oh very goodness. artistic, very artistic oh. people, you know. That's lovely. But, yes, it is. It's just great. Oh, that is so wonderful. You know, I can't believe it. The time has gone by so quickly. What a wonderful and informative and exciting show this has been today. We're we're about out of time. So I really want to thank my guest, Ann Phillips, for being on the show today. Uh, it was so exciting to have you here, Ann. I'd like to remind our listeners about the healing and rejuvenating properties of music, not only for our well-being, but also that of the animal world as well. Mm-hmm. Scientific studies have proven that, and they've also, um, studies of the brain have been done demonstrating the positive neurological and physiological effects of music. If you're in New York, I highly encourage you to take advantage of the wonderful musical opportunities being offered in our great city during this upcoming holiday season, most especially the offerings of Ann Phillips. That Certain Age at Opera America on December 1st, and Bending Towards the Light, a Jazz Nativity, on December 20th. Please look for ticket information, as I mentioned, in today's show listing. I'm Jan Jazzy of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host this evening. I would like to offer our listeners a free 30-minute consulting and discovery session, and for more information, you can email me at info at forwardtosuccess.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at forwardtosuccess.com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, www.lifecoachradionetworks.com. And in addition to my solo interview show, Your Best Life, airing on the, generally on the second Wednesday of every month at 12 noon Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network, where I interview fascinating guests just like tonight on many topics from all walks of life, I also host Think Tank, a roundtable discussion with my brilliant co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez. Think Tank airs the fourth Wednesday of every month at 12 noon. Our next episode deals with the topic of toxic relationships. I would be delighted if you would join us for the next episode of Think Tank on November 25th at 12 noon Eastern. I'm also interviewing, excuse me, brilliant author, coach, and trainer, Susan Gonzalez, in celebration of her book launch on Thursday, December 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern. Please do join us. Anne, would you care to share any closing thoughts, comments, website, ticket, or contact information with our listening audience? Well, I think you've given them the ticket the two dates so clearly. <laughs> That's wonderful. I will say to you, I am so interested in the brain and music, and I've had such experience with people with Alzheimer's who can sing every word to songs when they don't know who they are. And mm-hmm. I I would love to be involved in one of your discussions of all of that because I think it is so important, and I've had such experiences in that area. And I love what you Oh, my doing. goodness. We will have to do that maybe in December and have you as a, as a guest on our panel show. That would I'd be very that. exciting. I would yeah. love that, too. We will have to talk. <laughs> yes, I think we've got a lot to talk about. 
<laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Anne. And again, everybody, it's Smart Ticks. The phone number is on the uh, the show listing information, and for for that certain age, which I think everybody should go listen to and come here and see and support on December first at Opera America on Seventh um, Avenue between Twenty Ninth and Thirtieth Street, and also on December twentieth. Do not miss uh, Bending Towards the Light, a Jazz Nativity. That's five o'clock and eight o'clock on December twentieth. Contact Chelsea Opera. Dot org for ticket information and, and to get all kinds of information and to purchase tickets. So I'm just going to take a moment to announce a few of our upcoming shows on the Life Coach Radio Network on November 15th at 9 p.m., Mark My Words with Certified Life and Business Coach Mark Shaw. On November 16th at 9 p.m., Save Your Sanity, Making Self-Care Work for You. On November 25th at 12 noon, Think Tank, How to Recognize and Navigate Toxic Relationships. And on December 3rd at 1 p.m., Your Best Life, with me, Jan Jaffe, interview with author Susan Gonzalez. And on this, the Life Coach Chat Channel, on November 16th at 2 p.m., Holy Shift, with professional coaches Barb Heenan and Leslie Pichetti. I just love the title of that show. And November... On November 17th at 7 p.m., Transform Your Life with Coach Tamara. I want to again thank my incredibly wonderful and delightful guest tonight, Anne Phillips, for joining me this evening and making this show a very, very special one. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. And this is my impression of a traveling lounge singer. And we're going up the airport escalator. Hey, where are you from? Ha <laughs> ha, no response. Classic. Got in an accident, so you got to take a cab, huh? No cabs at Progressive Service Centers. They got rental cars on site, which is out of sight, you know? <laughs> Progressive takes the hassle out of claims. Just drop your car off at one of our service centers, and we'll manage the rest. Here's a little number I like to call, waiting for the shuttle bus. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Service centers not available in all areas. You have a choice of repair facilities. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.